0: Hello and welcome to Fee Play Love and to this episode of Helpline with MotherCraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years of experience helping families with their babies, toddlers, siblings, mixture of all the things that we can sometimes find challenging as parents. Hi Chris, how
1: are you? I'm very well, thanks.
0: If you'd like to ask you questions, you have a number of ways you can do it. If you've joined us via the Facebook Live, you can pop your questions below this video. If you're listening via the podcast, you can send an email to helpline at parentbrand.com.au. And we are back again. Uh, we have a new normal in New South Wales, at least. The kids are all back at school now. Do I look slightly more sane to you, Chris?
1: you look
0: fantastic <laughs> that's because I have a first day without both children yeah,
1: had a bit of downtime
0: <laughs> downtime as in quiet time and able to yeah. one thought in my head um <laughs> but anyway it's good to be it's good to have them back at school everyone's adjusting so I hope if you have kids that have gone back to school or daycare that they're adjusting well it can be it can be hard because it's been a while. I know it's, it's challenging for everyone. Some kids went with a skip and a hop and some went kicking and screaming. But, um, hopefully it'll all get back to normal soon. Yeah. So Welcome. And now is, of course, as I mentioned, the time that you can ask Chris your questions. She can give you tips that will be specific to your family and your situation. So um, guide you through some of those tricky times that we do have with our babies, toddlers, children, let's start with this question from David Chris David says my wife and I are wondering when it would be okay to introduce a comfort item into our baby's cot at bedtime she's currently six months old we've been gifted a couple of lovely cuddle items one is a blanket with a cuddly toy attached to one corner it's not large but big enough to cover our baby's face So we followed the red-nose guidelines and kept it away from her when sleeping. She loves to snuggle with it and rub her face and hands on it. Eventually, we'd love to let her take it to bed in her cot. But when will it be safe to let her?
1: I think this is a tricky one um, because lots of children really enjoy a comfort toy and, and being able to rub it or suck it or just have it by their face. So it's not uncommon for a child to do that. But I think the things that I would look at is that that child has the ability to use their arms very well. So their arms are free, they roll in and that they can take something off. You know, they've got that dexterity to bring their hands forward and move them back. Um, I personally don't use those pieces of material because they can lay on their face. If I'm going to give a comfort toy, I tend to use something that's quite thin, like a bunny or something with long arms and long legs. And that is much smaller than their face in general. But every child will will adjust to or comfort to what they gravitate to. I know my nephew carried a single blanket around for many years. So I think in this case, I'd wait till she was a little bit more mobile and had that ability to move around her bed freely and much better at her hand coordination that if it got in a position where she felt a little bit unsafe, she could pull it off herself. So I'm probably looking at about a 10 or 11 month older at that point, especially as it's a piece of material.
0: Our next question comes from Steph on the Facebook Live. She says, hi, guys. I have a little boy who turned three in August. He's completely refusing toilet training. I try and just put him in undies, which he likes. And he also has a nice toddler toilet seat with a tech with a step i've also tried bribes of toys and chocolate etc he doesn't seem to care when he has accidents and it seems like he doesn't even notice when he does it help thank you
1: in this case you know boys are a bit tricky so um they can take a while to toilet train but because you've tried all these things and he really is disinterested in it i'd take a break so there's no rush i know everyone's talking you around you about toilet training but let's look at him and what he's trying to tell you. So at this point, you've tried things like hopefully toilet time in, and then getting him aware of his body before putting him in underwear. So at this point, I'd take a break. Now, break could be as short as one week and as long as a month. But I'd probably take the month and let the weather get warmer, and then I'm gonna reset it. So I wouldn't talk about toileting. I'd dissuade other people talking about toileting. If he's going to daycare, just let him watch all the other kids going to toileting, and then maybe take a different approach when you restart the toileting again. So um, I, didn't, I never use bribery and corruption, uh, not on this one anyway. I use bribery and corruption on other things, but not on this one. This is something he's either mature enough to do. he's not ready to do it so take his lead a little bit he will do it very quickly when you restart it restart it as if you're starting fresh so for a week or two just asking him to sit on the toilet while you run the bath and see if he can do a wee the next couple of weeks i'd toilet time him we're going to the park let's try for a wee before we go to the park and i'd probably increase that up to four or five times a day if you're not getting wees, he's showing you he's not ready for this And then if you're starting to get some wheeze across that two weeks, that's when I'd introduce the underwear and say, you know, tell mummy when you need to go to the toilet, have everything ready for him and gentle prompting. But take his cue. He may actually not be mature enough just at this point to do it. Give it a little bit of time, go back, go with fresh eyes, and I'm sure he'll get there.
0: The next question comes from Sarah. She says... Hi, Helpline team. My question is fairly general, but I'm wondering when I can expect my 10-month-old baby boy to start heading towards a full night's sleep. At the moment, he still wakes at least twice per night and needs comforting to resettle. We can usually usually achieve this with cuddles and soothing till we pop him back in his cot and pat, shush him into a good doze. This can take an hour or more, and occasionally he just won't settle till he gets a short feed to comfort resettle him. I know this is fairly normal, but I'm wondering if there's anything I can do to start, to start moving towards stretching those nighttime sleep hours out to one big, long stretch. We definitely don't want to leave him to cry it out, but we'd love to start some self-settling techniques if there are some gentle ways to go about it or even just some tips on a great routine for the 10-month-old range. Thanks.
1: Okay. So I think at 10 months you would expect that a baby, if they had the ability, would be starting to show you that they could do it. So they might just start with two, three nights a week, and then over a month it gets more and more until they're sleeping through the night. And then, then from there you've got to look at what's going on for the baby and what cues are they getting when they wake up. So if the cue is that when I wake up, I get picked up, sometimes, especially at this age, at 10 months, what that pickup does is actually wake them up. And that might be why you're getting up to an hour before you can get him back to sleep again and then inadvertently needing to feed him. So we take some of the cues that you're giving him and we add it to a little bit of self-settling or self-soothing but it's a contradictory sort of to say, I want him to self-soothe, but I don't want him to cry because most babies cry a little and then they start self-soothing. So I don't mean he has to cry for you know, 15, 20 minutes, but you have to give him a chance to go to sleep. So I'm talking about two minutes, three minutes, really small minutes. And you're just waiting for that sort of whinge cry that they do when they wake up at night just to get a little louder. And then when you go in, try settling him in his bed first. So laying him back down again, doing your shush pat that you might do in your arms, but mimic it in his bed and wait until he gets to a nice calm state and then leave. And then you, you wait for that whinge to get up to a cry, which will probably be pretty quick. And then go back in, lay him back down, stay a bit longer this second time. So shush pat him until he's nice and sleepy. And then if we needed again on a third attempt, then I would put him to sleep, but he's in his cot. So I'm just taking one of those steps away, that pickup, because that putting them back in the cot will wake them. And also the more they go to sleep in your arms, more that will be the cue when he wakes up. So I think if we can encourage him to go to sleep in his bed, it's going to help lengthen the sleeping time. And you'll start to see those sleep throughs and those night sleeps getting longer and longer. So gentle steps.
0: Our next question comes from Beth. She says, hi, Chris, I'm having trouble with the juggle between my toddler's sleeps and my three-month-old bubs. Little sister is a dream so far and her sleeps and feeds are no trouble besides the usual comfort slash feeding through the night. The tough part is helping my toddler get back to sleep while I'm already dealing with the baby's middle of the night feeds and nappy change. Our older boy is almost three and a super light sleeper and we use the Bedtime Explorers app from Kindling to act as a bit of a background noise through the night, which is amazing. But the baby's fussing wakes him up sometimes as their bedrooms are next to each other and on those nights I'm really struggling. My partner helps as much as he can but he works extremely early mornings, 3.30am work up and he's a truckie so his sleep is very important and I'm mostly on my own after After about midnight, what do I do in the middle of the night when I have both babies awake and only two arms? I've taken to bringing my toddler in to snuggle next to me in my bed as I give his little sisters her night feed. But then he falls asleep and due to his light sleeping, I leave him in my bed till morning to avoid waking him again, which leaves me on the couch till Hubby gets up for work. I know this is a bad habit, though, and I'm not sure if I'm just making more trouble for myself by letting him stay in our bed or if this is okay for a while until his baby sister starts sleeping a bit better through the night too. I don't want to make a rod for my own back, as they say.
1: Oh, I think you're making a rod for your own back. So I think it's very difficult because most three-year-olds don't wake overnight when a newborn comes into the house until it's about five or six in the morning. And then if he came into your bed, I'm sure it'd be fine, you know, in an hour, he slept for an hour and then everybody gets up. But the fact that he's waking so frequently overnight, because she's probably having maybe two feeds at least overnight, if not three feeds overnight, then I think that's this is a different matter. And I wonder whether this little one is having sleep in the day and that's what's making the sleep light at night because you are doing the right things. You've got a bit of distracted background sound going on in his room. So I think that's a good one, especially if the rooms are close together. But for him to be this light, he might still be taking a nap in the day, like for forty minutes or an hour. But that is actually why he's waking up so frequently at night. So please check that. And if he's over the age of three, I'd probably cut his day sleep out and then he'll have a much more sound sleep. So I do that and see if that would help. And then the second thing is, um, the more you bring him into the bed after about a week or two, bring him into his bed, he's already learned he can go into your bed. So I think it's time that when your partner maybe has some days off that we divide and conquer. So you do your little one and do her feeds and put her back to bed and he gets up and puts him down to sleep. So I'm not sure what the workload is, but I'm sure your partner might have a couple of days off and that's when I would break this pattern. So if he cries out, your partner can go in, give him some comfort in his bed and that'll help him stay in the bed. So first check how much sleep he might be having in the day And and now that he's three, try and get rid of that. And then secondly, over a couple of days when your partner's about, try and and soothe him back in his bed to see if he will stay in his bed.
0: Our next question comes from Nicole on the Facebook Live. She says, my son just turned three last month and we were waiting until the weather was consistently warm to try toilet training. However, we thought we would try introducing him slowly to the toilet and let him and let him sit on it in the meantime turns out he's terrified of it and he refuses to sit on it how do I get past this do I wait longer do I try a potty he's just returned to daycare after lockdown and we won't try there either despite and he won't try there either despite seeing all the other kids do it
1: yeah I think this is another one like we spoke about previously where I would wait I'd take a break and I'd wait to find out exactly what might be going on for him so let him watch everybody at daycare for a month and then come back to it so one thing I would consider is how he's sitting on the toilet and I would definitely make sure and I'm sure you have it is that small soft insert on the toilet and I would just try him once a day when the bath's running and you're sitting on the bath while it's running and he's um, practicing sitting on the toilet So um, make sure you have a step so when he sits he feels secure and his feet are on the step so he's not dangling on the toilet. Give that a try for a week or two. And if you get no real success, then I would try a potty. And i try to leave the potty in the bathroom near the toilet. So i try the potty because he might feel a little bit more secure sitting on the floor. And we'd use the potty until we got him more comfortable with toilet training and then we'd try again on the toilet. So as soon as you're starting to see those signs at home, make sure daycare follow through because they have those really tiny little toilets and that's going to help him make that transition between the body and the toilet at home for you.
0: Good luck, Nicole. Our next question comes from Gretel. who says, my seven-month-old bub wakes up in the middle of the night, usually around 1am, and then struggles to get back to sleep for up to two hours, even after a good feed, sometimes longer. But when she does get back to sleep, it's another long stint. This means she often doesn't wake up to start the day until about 9 9 a.m. She's been a pretty good sleeper up till this started happening about a month ago. And we're noticing bedtime is also getting pushed back later and later and she just doesn't seem tired. So bedtime can be anywhere from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. This would all be fine, except that her three-year-old brother goes to daycare for two days a week and he absolutely loves it. He gets up around 6.30 a.m. and he's desperate to get going to see all his little mates from about 7.30. So I'd love to get Bub's sleep back into an earlier rhythm. Can you help?
1: Oh, this is an easy one, Gretel. You've got to wake her up by seven o'clock in the morning. So It's not unusual for babies between seven and eight months to be awake for a period overnight. So they might have a feed, you put them back down, you go to bed and then they happily sing to their tippy toes for the next hour. So that's really common, slightly annoying to person who's listening to it. But if you (laughs) leave it it alone, it'll disappear in time. But again, she's wearing herself out and then thinking she's going to have another long sleep and that's throwing the whole pattern out. So in this case, I would wake her at seven o'clock at night to help regulate her day. And that might give some help overnight as well, because I think her sleep is slightly out. So i probably have her up by seven, just so you've got enough time in the day so you can get her to bed at 7.30. And then that should help tip the day back into the right sequence so you can get that little toddler off to daycare by about 8, 830 So give that a go. So you're letting her oversleep the morning and then that's pushing the rest of the day. So try waking her at seven. That'll regulate a day and that might help her. But talking overnight and being awake is quite common at this age.
0: Mandy is asking about her toddler she says I'd love some tips on dropping my toddler's daytime nap Mm -hmm. he's two and a half years old and is taking one to two hours to get to sleep at bedtime we dropped him to one nap about six months ago and we wake him up from that after an hour is it time to completely drop that day nap so he gets to bed at a reasonable hour And if so, is it better to go cold turkey and simply drop it or should we wean him down with shorter naps for a while? How long should that take? Thanks for any tips.
1: Okay. So, um, Siobhan, did we get an awake time in the morning and a sleep time at night to give me a bit of an idea?
0: (coughs) No, sorry.
1: So we'll assume, Mandy, that he gets up between 6 and 7 in the morning and you're trying to get him to bed about 7, 7.30 at night, but it's taking longer. So that's really common at this age. So I'm assuming that's what it is. And he's taking a one-hour sleep. So the general rule that I use here is that toddlers need five and a half hours awake period from the time that they get up from their day sleep. And if it is taking a longer period of time to get him to sleep, then, yes, you're, you're now on the end of his day sleep but I would grade it down. So make sure that you've got the five and a half hours from when you wake him up to when he goes to bed because that might make it much easier for you. So if he's sleeping from one to two and you're putting him to bed at seven, you might be putting him to bed too early and that's why it's taking so long. And then when you've sort of sorted that bit out and he's still having trouble getting him to sleep, I'm going to decrease his day sleep down to about 40 minutes. And that's tough if you put him to bed because you're waking him up out of a sleep cycle and they're usually very grumpy if you put him to bed. So I almost do it accidental and incidentally. Like I happen to put him in the car between uh, one and two and he just happens to only have 40 minutes sleep because when you stop the car, he'll wake up again, okay? And the sleep in the car is a little bit lighter. So it's enough of a nap, but it's not a nice deep sleep like he would do in his bed. So after about a week to 10 days, then I drop it down to 20 minutes. And then you're going to get to a period of time about three days in a row where you're not taking him to daycare and uh, you drop his day sleep. And then once you've dropped the day sleep, you might need to put him to bed a little bit earlier that first night. So he might go to bed at seven or be in bed by seven. And then make sure if he does go to daycare of any description that they're following the same rhythm as you. So I don't want him to have an hour and a half at daycare and you're only giving him 20 minutes because it's almost like a jet lag effect. So give yourself a bit of time, space it out, do it over a couple of weeks, say about two to three weeks and I'm sure it'll go fine.
0: Anne on Facebook says, hi, Chris, we're lucky enough to have a one-year-old baby who sleeps through the night. He has his 240ml bottle just before 7.30pm and doesn't wake until six-ish. However, sometimes his nappy leaks. He's been wearing two Huggies nappies to sleep. Any other tips? We definitely don't want to change his happy overnight. We do not want to wake a sleeping baby. (laughs) No, you don't.
1: Sounds like he's having too much fluid. So to, to wet through two nappies, he must be having an extraordinary amount of fluid. So I'd have a look at his fluid intake. Um, that'd be the, Or he might be getting into his night nappy too early. Like he might be having a bath at 5.30 or 6 and getting into his night nappy and, and then he's having a big bottle before he goes to bed. So the only thing I can think of is he's having too much fluid before he goes to bed. Because it's unusual that a child would need to use two nappies or okay. change your nappies. Ready so what should
0: it bottle? be? She said the bottle was 240ml be- uh, just before seven.
1: And how old is he, Siobhan? Seven?
0: Uh, one-year-old.
1: A one-year-old. Yeah. That- so if he's having three bottles of 240, that would probably too- be too much. So I'd probably cut all of these bottles in the day down to 150.
0: Okay. And And see
1: if that decreases the amount of fluid and then lightens the nappy for him or change the nappy the type of nappy you're using.
0: Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Because sometimes there are different nappies that work.
1: So I think at night, the most expensive on the market is probably the one that works the best. (laughs) Damn. um, And sometimes we just use that at night and use the sort of cheaper ones that work fairly well in the day. I wouldn't be using any of those pull-up type ones because I don't think they've got enough padding as a, a proper nappy um, for that age group. So I decrease that fluid a little bit and, and have a look at your nappies and see if that might be the problem.
0: So when you said uh, one to decrease the bottle to 150ml in the day, does that mean also that one before yeah. seven should be 150 Yeah,
1: all the bottles because okay. he's a one-year-old now if he was a breastfed baby weaning he wouldn't be getting any so you know he doesn't need that volume of milk and because you've got this problem it seems like the most logical place to pull it back is to actually pull the volume back and see if that lightens the nappy off.
0: Okay good luck yeah. Anne. Yeah. Our next question comes from Bhavana on Facebook live who says how can I make- sorry how can i make a four-year-old listen to me i wasn't laughing at you Bahana. i was laughing because i know what you're talking about it's getting so hard to manage they are just so headstrong at this age any advice would be helpful
1: oh i don't know hide in a corner and bang your head against a wall <laughs> uh generally speaking remember they are at that age where they pull and they they're self-centered and it's their way i think this is a real act of um, calmness and patience. So, I think the one thing I would do that does become very effective with a four year old is I'd always be down on their level. So, if you really want them to listen, don't talk to them while they're playing over in the corner because they're not going to listen to you. With their boy or girl, I think a four year old's in their own headspace. So I'd actually walk up to them, I'd get down on their level, especially if you needed them to listen to something and get them to look you in the eye and then listen to what you're saying and then they'll still probably ignore you anyway. But if they're truly not listening and it matters to you, because there's a lot you have to let go of as a four, as with four-year-olds and it truly matters, then I'd give a very gentle consequence. So I'd say, well, you didn't listen to me when I asked you to I do know, hold my hand while crossing the street because that's one I would probably try and reinforce. And I'd probably say, well, I'm just not going to do stories tonight. I'll give you a kiss and a cuddle, but there's no stories. So you need to work out what the not listening is. So is the not listening because we're talking to them and they're distracted doing something else? Or is it not listening when you actually get down and you're in front of them and you're trying to engage them in what it is you're asking them to do? And they're just flatly refusing it. So I think you have to watch the times when they're not listening. But it's actually really hard to listen as a four-year-old. There's so much going on in their world, and there's so much going on around them that I think that sometimes we're talking to them all the time, and they've list, they have list, they've really tuned out. So make it matter. If it matters to you, get in front of them. Get down low get them to have that eye-to-eye contact and if it matters as a family and it endangers them like crossing the road or you know walking around with knives in their hands running through the house with a knife in their hand then make it matter to them as well and I think you wouldn't have to use that very often but you need to get in their space to get them to listen.
0: And at this age um, Chris would you recommend that Whole repetition. I guess you know when we give them a warning, we say yeah. we're in fifteen minutes, in ten minutes, in five minutes, and just expect that we're going to have to say everything three times.
1: Yeah, it, I do. But the other thing is sometimes we're just talking to them that, so they hear, "Oh yeah, in fifteen minutes, in ten minutes, and five minutes," and they've turned off. Mm. So I usually don't do it that long. I just say, "I'd like you to come over to dinner." Oh, mummy's making dinner now, so that's telling them dinner's coming. Can you wash your hands? because we're going to have dinner now, it's time for dinner. Mm. So see how you've you've made it closer and closer. But actually, sometimes we're talking all the time to them. So they just block that out. And so then you yell at them, because I haven't heard you. But actually, you've been <laughs> saying that from the kitchen, you haven't been saying that where they can actually understand it. And I think you know, even with your kids being much older, you've sort of got to get in their face sometimes for them to listen to you.
0: I have to touch them as well. I'm here. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's one of those skills you learn as a parent on how to get your child to listen to. And the other thing that I, you know, have people asking me exactly the same question, probably more about two and a half year olds and three year olds is that sometimes they spend a lot of time, like three days and four times in care. And after their days of being in care uh, at childcare, they've been listening all day and then you're asking them again to listen. So remember that sometimes they need a bit of chill time. They need a bit of time out, a bit of their own space to be able to re-engage with us, especially after a long long day of daycare or big day of school, like your kids are at big day schools. So sometimes we need to let them chill a little bit and not just be on top of them all the time. So um, hopefully that might help you understand why sometimes they just block us out and, you know, not listening to you. Yeah, we all do that sometimes.
0: (laughs) Our next question and probably our final question looking at the time is from Kenya, who says, Hi, guys, this might be a bit of a funny question. My just turned two year old daughter simply hates wearing clothes. You're more likely to find her running around naked than dressed. If you show up at my house, the only piece of clothing she can't get out of is a dress we own that is non stretchy and buttons up at the top of the back where she can't reach, we'd be happy to buy her a million of those, but sadly the dress has been discontinued and it's surprisingly hard to find others in that same style with (laughs) with buttons high up at the back. So my question is, what can we do to get her to keep her clothes on? She will happily whip off her clothing and nappy when we're out in public. As soon as she's sitting still and getting bored, like in the car seat or trolley when shopping, she begins to to attempt to wriggle out of her clothes. She took off her nappy and peed on the side of the park recently. Oh, my God. Embarrassing. It's driving me nuts. Is this normal? And do you have any tips to get her to keep her clothes on at least when we're out of the house?
1: How yeah, I wish it too. I'm just um,
0: yes, too.
1: So it's a really common two-year-old behaviour to strip their clothes off. One because they can do it; they're quite, <laughs> quite engaged in the fact that they can do it, and they're quite clever at doing it. So this is our trick to it especially the nappy because sometimes you put them into bed they've stripped themselves out of their sleeping bag then they've taken all their clothes off and then they take the nappy off and then the bed's wet so that's a bit of a disaster so there is a little trick if you get a onesie with no sleeves like a singlet that does up underneath and bonds sell uh, a little bodysuit that's for two to three-year-olds and you put it on backwards they <laughs> do the poppers from underneath because they're going the wrong way. You'd have to get your hand all the way around, and pull the other way, and that at least keeps that sort of bodysuit singlet on them. So at least she's got one layer on, and the nappy <laughs> hasn't come off. So I think this is actually a little bit of boredom as well. Like I'm left, and I think, oh, I'll take that bit of clothing off, and that bit of clothing off, and away I go. so <laughs> I'd probably grab a couple of those oversized singlets that pop up underneath, unless she's extraordinarily long, and put them on backwards. And then she'll spend hours spinning round and round (laughs) trying to find out how you get the buttons off. But this is one of those things that once I think she gets distracted by being able to do other things, she won't worry so much about the clothing, so if you really wanted to stay dressed, I think you have to engage her in different things. So she actually loses the ability, but it'd be interesting to see if she did it, if she goes to daycare.
0: Mm, uh, the, other, the other kids are naked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I had this story where my niece, who's now in her 30s, went to preschool slow, sort of naked because she wouldn't, she wouldn't get dressed. So never ever did it again so sometimes you just gotta let them go a little bit and then they'll come back to you um so you know i think this is a really normal behavior in children to undress themselves but once you put that bodysuit on backwards she
0: won't be able to get out of it. Love it. I love it. Well, Chris, thank you. What a funny one to end on. Thank you for, <laughs> <Good one. laughs> for answering all those questions. Uh, but just before we go, I do want to let everyone know about our fabulous online events, which is bump and baby online. It starts on Wednesday, the 10th of November. And it's so great because it, focuses on the fourth trimester which you may have heard about but it's basically the bit after you give birth that we don't think about because we're just thinking about giving birth and it's going to be really helpful we've got stacks of my favorite experts in this area including Genevieve Muir, Hannah Wallace and of course Chris Minogue our very own Chris Minogue and there's a chance to win a $500 nursery gift voucher and I think there's also a free uh, baby newborn routine as well that you can get your hands on so if you head to the babyology website babyology.com.au and click on the events tab we'll put a link below this video and we will also put it in the notes of this episode check it out it's going to be super helpful Chris, thank you so much again for your time tonight.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Anytime at all.
0: Brilliant. We'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.